Today on Lockdown Red Wings, what is the team's biggest positional needs post-trade deadline? Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. And Scotty and I today are going to... Scotty's ridiculous. He just typed something in our little private chat here. Um, the biggest, The big question today... Post trade that post trade deadline. There you go. And I mean, not even it's obviously emphasized and exaggerated because of the deadline, but I feel like everything, at least on my list, Scotty, were still needs regardless. But what is this team's biggest positional needs to make them competitive? And, you know, when writing this list and like basically a, a, a a wish list, so to speak, for what I hope Red Wings acquire through trade, draft, prospects, free agency, whatever you want to call it. I'm realizing that there's a lot of things I want this team to get because there's a lot that they need. And uh, I mean, Scotty, when it comes to biggest positional needs, where what's your number one, so to speak? Well, I, I, I think there's a lot of directions you can go with number one, but I, I do think that it's very important to have this conversation right now so i'm glad we're doing it because i i think that again kind of just piggybacking off of our discussion yesterday like there's a a lot of varying opinions on what the 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 phrase we used on yesterday's episode core of this team is going forward and no matter how big or small you think that that circle is and how big or small you think that core is, uh, this team undeniably has a lot to add. And I think that you just get a much clearer picture after the trade deadline every year. I think all 32 teams get a much clearer picture of what they need and what their holes are post-trade deadline every year. So I think this is always just a fascinating conversation to have. I, I think the I almost don't even want to start with it because it's just the most painfully obvious one, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't even know if I, I, I want to say because it just feels like a really easy answer, but you have to get a second goalie. Uh, it, whether it is a, a like, top end, you just want to, like, break the bank or use a ton of assets and get some, like, really top end goalie, and then you just have a crazy good tandem because Huso is – is you know of equal level or like just even slightly worse than whoever you're bringing in or whether it's we're good with Huso being kind of the 1A we need to find just a legitimate solid NHL level 1B that that is that is uh Iserman's job to assess all of the the capital and assets that he has and determine what the the best route or, or the best strategy is as as far as that goes going forward but at the end of the day undeniably I, I I I think it's the most painfully obvious one this team desperately needs a second goalie not I don't even want to use the word backup necessarily because you know roles again but I desperately need a second goalie on this team 
Well, and like, let's dive into what's available. I, I don't think Magnus Helberg or Alex Delkovich are the answer as the backup goaltender. Not to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to pile on them because they've Magnus Helberg has been serviceable uh, in his time here in Detroit, but it's very clear that I don't think he's the answer. But there is a lot of goalies that are going to hit free agency as unrestricted free agents this year. And, you know, one of those guys that I think would be top of the list for Red Wings as far as targets. Now, this here's the question is, are you targeting? Because you have Sebastian Kosa in the, in the system. Are you targeting somebody to have long-term or short-term and just serve as a backup to Huso? Because if it's backup, that opens the door to way more options. But if you're looking to somebody to take over as the starter, I guess if you're Iserman, you always want whatever goal you decide sign to compete for the starting job. But I mean, there's plenty of mid thirties goalies. You can get out there that have had good seasons and you just hope that they carry that over with Kuso carrying the bulk of the workload. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. And that's, that's, I, I think I did a very poor job of articulating it. So that's my bad, but that's kind of the, the, what I was trying to say at the beginning of my, my dialogue there was just that, I, I think that there's there's a lot of different directions you can go with filling that role. And, and you can, again, you can try and go big and and just have that, that big goalie tandem. Or you, you can kind of say, Huso's the guy, and we're just going to get serviceable, solid backups until Kosa is ready. And, and I, you know, I, I think for me personally, I think you should... I don't want to put all of my cookies in the Kosa jar, and that's not a, a disrespect of Kosa specifically at all, which I know a lot of people in this fan base have already kind of uh, been on the, the, the wagon of, you know, that he's whatever. He's rather controversial already and is literally in Toledo. But I, I think that it's just for me, I don't like putting – I've been through this rebuild. I've been through the Tigers rebuild – I'm not somebody who's just going to put 100% faith into uh, every single prospect we get. Like, not all of them will turn out. That's just objective. So if you have the ability to improve long-term, I think you do. And especially because this might even be more of a different conversation if Kosa was, like, putting up the numbers he's been putting up lately in Toledo in Grand Rapids. But he he's not. And so you're still presumably years uh, away from Kosa being that solid NHL caliber goalie. And, and I don't think you should just play like the one and done backup game uh, for whatever, two, three, four years. Goalies are weird. They take a long time to develop sometimes. I, I don't know. I, I would be much more comfortable with a, a longer term option as to not put all the pressure in the world on Kosa to be like a savior of the, the pipes. Well, let's look at those options that those longer term options you could possibly have. So if that's the case. Then you want somebody who's a free agent, but on the right side of 30, that really limits your options, Scotty. But there are a couple of guys, Tristan Jari of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. He's 28 years old. He's got 32 games played this year. He's got a 916 save percentage. The thing here is obviously being on that side of 30, he's going to want a longer term contract and he's already making three and a half million dollars. You can be looking for a pay raise. Are you willing to commit? that much cap, especially when you take into account Billy Huso to paying a guy like that. You can make the similar argument for Jonas Corpusalo or above of the LA Kings. He's 29 years old, 29 games played, 9-12 save percentage, but he only makes $1.3 million. So you can get him a little bit cheaper probably 
I would assume. Um, but I, I see, I disagree with you a little bit here, Scotty, because I don't want to wrap a lot because any young goalie you're going to want to get that's playing well, like those two guys I just named are going to be commanding more of a cap hit. And I think you do kind of just right now, you're not waiting for, you, you are kind of waiting for Costa to get ready and you're hoping that he works out because goalies cost a lot of money on the free agent market. And they if do. you don't have, if you don't make your own goalie, you're going to have a Sergei Bobrovsky situation. Maybe that's an extreme, but you don't want to pay $10 million for a goaltender just to have them flake out in year two of the contract because they're, they're not performing. So I almost well, think goalies you are- do continue to go to, um, a band-aid type goalie. I mean, Simon Varlamov has 914 save percentage. He's 35. Granted, he's playing on the yeah. Islanders. You can take a chance. <laughs> you know, you you can. It's it's the front office's job to find the best available option for the least amount of money, right? Like that's yeah. that's how you win in a salary cap sport. So, I I do think that I, I'm with you. I'm not asking them to go out there and spend you know six mil, seven mil on a on a second goalie that where we already are confident in one of them like I'm not I'm not necessarily asking for that I'm just saying if they go out and they find someone that I don't know I guess could like potentially kind of steamroll into okay we actually really like this guy maybe we can give him a a two-year extension or uh, you know after his first year that's only a one-year kind of prove it thing like you know what I mean I I just I don't want us to just hate our backup goalie for the next four years, and I don't want it to just be four different goalies each of the next four years on one year deals, and everybody just can't stand all of them. You know what I mean? I, I want to find that balance. I guess I get it, man. Hey, uh, also another shout out, Alex Stalock. He's thirty five with the Chicago Blackhawks, nine twenty one save percentage on a league minimum contract. Yeah, oh yeah. To have a nine twenty one save percentage and sixteen games played with that hockey team. At that age, you got to be doing something right. Absolutely. But yeah, goaltending, I'm right with you. That was my number one need as well. Uh, But when we come back, we'll continue the conversation because we got a lot more to get to, and we have one segment to do it because we got a game preview in segment three. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a no-chance first bet with the same game parlay. So don't miss the don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Scotty. Segment two, Lockdown Rogues podcast. We spent a little bit too much time on goaltending there. That's my bad. I uh, I got wrapped up in the conversation. Uh, well, no, my- I mean, I, like I said at the start, I mean, I think it is the, the most glaring thing. And, you know, we have 20 more minutes to talk about other stuff. The other big thing I think the Red Wings do need is a top six center. And I hate saying that because I know you just signed Andrew Kopp and you have Dylan Larkin. And I, I want to give <laughs> – I want to give Andrew Kopp like the time to become the num- bona fide number two center, but I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe what, maybe I should rephrase this as say not a top six center, but a bona fide number one center. And that's not a slight against Dylan Larkin. 
as he is a, a well-rounded number one center on this team. But I mean, I think I need, maybe what I'm saying is not a top six center. Maybe what I'm not saying is a center at all, but I feel like this team just needs that, that guy, the guy, you know, and they, that's probably what I'm, I'm really trying to get at is I feel like this team does genuinely need the guy, so to speak, and they don't have it. And this is, I think the hardest position to fill of their needs because that guy isn't on the free agent market. That guy, I don't know if he's in their system. I don't know if Marco Casper is going to be that guy. I, and it's way too early to tell with Carter Mazur or Amadeus Lombardi if they're going to be the guy to score 40-plus goals. But they need it. So what's your option left, man? Like trade? That's hard to, that's hard to make happen. It is hard to make happen. You're absolutely right. I, I think that uh, that will be a conversation within this fan base pretty much every day until it happens. And – uh, personally, and I, I've said this before on the show and I'll continue to reiterate, uh, we just need a guy that you can consistently rely on to put the puck in the back of the net, you know, and more times than not, that's absolutely some top end talent that, uh, ends up being uh whatever 90, a hundred point score, but. I'm like the, the specifics of like, Oh, this team needs like a, a over a point a game, like consistent over point a game player. I'm not even as worried about it. It's just, it really is for me just like specifically goal, goal scoring right now. Like yeah. they, they desperately need someone who uh, on a night to night basis, you can rely on that. That's going to go out there and put up, a 40 goal season and is going to give you a goal at like every other game and is, is someone who, uh, you know, we're just throwing pucks on net. We can't get the offense going. We're going to put the puck on this dude's stick. Like that's, that, that's something that I love Dylan Larkin. I love the extension. He, he's the captain. I, I I'm in full support of keeping him on board. I think he's vital to this team's future. I think he's part of the core. Um, but he's not 40, 50 goals in a season. Like that's just not how he plays the game of hockey. And, and he'll be around a point a game and he'll be super valuable. But uh, this team needs a bona fide goal scorer more than, than maybe anything else. If you're talking big picture to get them over, uh, get them over the hump and kind of take them to the next level of competitiveness. Yeah. And this is a position where, Unless you're signing a guy to a short-term deal, a la David Perron, you know, who who just you bring in to put the puck in the back of the net. And David Perron's done it at a decent clip. I think he's I think he's probably about on pace for where he's supposed to be 16, 17 goals right now. Yeah. That's not that's right around where he normally is. I mean, I'm just looking at the free agent class right now, which is why I sound so exasperated. Your top goal scorer right now this season that's a pending UFA is Patrice Bergeron, who if he retires, well, I mean, if he doesn't retire, rather, is not leaving Boston. There's no right. way in hell, especially after he come, he decides he's not going to retire, comes back, and this is the impact he has. He's going to win the Selkie again. The guy's right. a freak. He's he's ageless. I don't understand how he does that at 37. After that, it's Max Domi with 19 goals and 62 games played. So he's going to be – he's had a nice little year of himself as he continues to kind of, like, get better year after year. Cap hit a $3 million this year, so he's going to look – to make a little bit more than that. He's 28 years old, so he's on the right side of 30. So, like, I could see if anyone on the free agent market, you take a run at him, 
or Michael Bunting, who's a UFA. <laughs> that would be a full circle moment. That would it? be a full circle moment. How old is he's, he? No, I'm he's twenty seven. Yeah, <laughs> twenty seven, forty two points, sixty three games played, nineteen goals. But he's playing with the Toronto Maple Leafs, so it's hard to tell. And plus, he plays left wing, and the Red Wings are stacked on the left wing. Yep. So, but Max Domi can play center. He can play left wing. So he'd be, I think he might be a good addition. If you want him to play center bottom six, maybe middle six. If you decide Andrew cops just ain't it. If he comes back next season and it's bad again, move him to wing, move him down the lineup. I know you pay him $5 million. You got to solve those pills sometimes, but I mean, yeah. that's it. It's term as free agent goes. I mean, you kind of, when it comes to getting a goal score, these guys aren't it, but it's something. And when it comes to getting a goal score. You kind of have to hit the trade market. Yeah, which again kind of just goes back to the point we kind of talked about yesterday with the big picture stuff involving the uh, trade deadline and, and you know, after getting all those assets, what to do with them. That's that's why you get a ton of draft capital so you can have the flat and the cap space of, of getting rid of uh, players that you're paying. I mean, that that's and, and not re-signing players, et cetera. Like you're, you're going to have the flexibility in available to you to go out and, and make a big move like that and bring somebody in. And I, I'm not saying that, you know, this off season is going to, going to lead to the wings, getting some elite level goal score in the, in the trade market necessarily. But I mean, that's in my eyes, that's why you do stuff like this. You don't just do that to just draft players every single year. Like you, you or to draft five players in the first 40 picks every single year. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think you do that so you can have the flexibility to do whatever you want with them, whether it is take players or acquire new talent. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, next guy, or what? What is your next one, Scotty? Is what I was trying to say. Yeah, I I, I think there. It's kind of like Swiss cheesy. There's a lot of holes, but uh, mm. I think that the blue line is like pretty blatant as far as something that needs to be addressed now it, it, I, I don't know if you want to get like super specific or more big picture but if we're just talking about the foreseeable future of this blue line okay Moritz Sider and Jake Wallman is that it <sighs> immediate future like obviously you just Simon signed, Edmondson. Uh, you just extended Mata for for you know he's going to be on the team next year you have that going for you great Sherratt's going to be like, here for the foreseeable future. Right. Sherratt is, but I, I mean, at, I would imagine that most fans would agree at the first sign, if someone is willing to take on Ben Sherratt, I would imagine that for any decent value, I'd imagine that that's something the Red Wings would entertain. Uh, Mata is probably in a similar boat. Uh, that That's uh, more of a raise the floor than it is raise the ceiling kind of extension, right? Yeah. I, I, I think like everywhere. Uh, like and and you know if we're talking about the the defenseman kind of waiting in in the wing, like you have Johansson who we've talked about, and obviously you have Edvinson who's someone that that everybody is looking forward to assume presumably seeing next season. But I, I think it's <laughs> I think your left side of your defense is set. I think it's the right side of your defense. For I, agree. I agree. I agree that help. it's right side. Thankfully, right side of the defense. I think has, has quite a bit of options uh, in the free agent market. Nothing, nothing that's going to be like immediately make this team a Stanley cup contender, but will have improved the team by consequence of just signing them. I mean, I think the the number one guy right now that you could be looking at and, you know, I talk about signing guys with youth 
Um, but this kind of goes back against it. But Dmitry or- Orlov, man, Dmitry Orlov, he's a left-handed defenseman. So I had to check myself on that one. But he's a guy who has, despite being 31, his uh, standard of play has persisted the entire time. If you want to go right-handed, Damon Severson of the New Jersey Devils, making $4 million right now, so you're going to have to give him quite a pay raise, I assume. But he's 28 years old, right-handed defenseman, 21 games played. or hell 20, of a year. 21 points in 61 games played, yeah. There, there are options out there for right D-men. If you want to get grit on that D-line, Matt Dumba, I mean, he's out there, too, with the Minnesota Wild. He's 28 years old. $6 million right now is his pay. Great hockey though. player. Going to cost you a pretty penny, but yeah. uh, definitely gives you. And, and I guess if you want to, I don't know, if, if you want to keep talking about the defense, we can. But, I mean, the next thing on my list was physicality. Like, I, I don't yeah. care what position you play. You can, let, me, <laughs> let me go to a quick break because that was on my list, too. And we, yeah, we you could be the seventh D-man for all I care. We need somebody who's going to push some people around, though. Got to take a quick break and talk to you guys today about Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try Built Bar. It's made with 100% real chocolate. There's just 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein, and they have delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. If you're looking to get fit but don't want to have any of those, so there's so many disgusting, chalky, chewy protein bars out there well if you're eating built bar you don't got to worry about that because they make getting healthy fun they make getting healthy tasty and nowadays scotty you can go you can go far beyond built.com to acquire some built bars because they're everywhere inside walmart and sam's club four bar box 13 bar box they're everywhere or still built.com Always can go to built.com. You get a cookies and cream and double chocolate or coconut puffs. At you dropped the Walmart. churro yet? Huh? I not. I'm sorry. Oh, cool. I'm sorry. Dude. No, no, it's cool, dude. He's judging me hardcore right now. You can try the batter brownie or brownie batter rather and churro at Sam's Club if you grab a box there. And like Scotty said, you can always go to built.com. Look at you. You scared me. I knocked my hat off a little bit. It was it was off center because of the way you yelled you at me. You scare me now. every day when I learn that you haven't tried a churro bill bar yet. And you scare me every single day when Don't you finish that sentence. <laughs> pop your face into this there it is. thing nice. for a podcast. Nice. Uh, yeah, built bars, guys. They're great. You won't regret it. Get swole. <laughs> Get Segment swole? three. <laughs> Locked on Red Wings podcast. We have fun here. Uh, so yeah, physicality, man. You you wanted to talk about that. I agree with you. Go ahead and lead the way. Yeah, you know, I, everyone who's listened to the show for a while is aware that my my favorite wing was uh, Giovanni Smith. But I, I'm not even asking for a dude that's going to go out there and get in a lot of fights. I, I'm not. Uh, it's a style of play thing that we are significantly lacking. It's not, you know, some people make a direct correlation between like, oh, we're getting bullied on the ice. We need someone that can fight. Those aren't the same thing. That There there are plenty of dudes that fight and don't like play that like bully puck thing. You know what I mean? So I I think that that those are, those are two very different things. And I, the need for like the, the, enforcer fighter is becoming smaller and smaller and if you get someone like that that also is a physical presence then it's a win-win and great but uh, more than that more than anything this team 
every single time this year that they have gone up against a, a team that just goes out there and hits them and punches them in the mouth and, and is super physical, they get absolutely destroyed. And that, I don't know if you've watched a playoff hockey game before, but you are not going to survive without being able to at least match some physicality. Like you are going to get pummeled. So it, it, that's another thing. Like in the regular season, if you can get over the hump without that and you can be, you know, like the 16 seed in the postseason without it, then great. But the second the puck drops in the postseason, you're going to find yourself back in the same situation that we've seen. I mean, we saw it against Minnesota this year. We saw it against Ottawa, obviously, very recently. Anytime we're put in that situation, it's it's bad news very quickly. Yeah, and it's just so hard making these conversations because there's so many needs that this team has, and they're just – it's so hard to address all those, and I doubt they'll address every single one of them in one offseason. It's wishful sure. thinking on our parts for sure because that's just not how rebuilds go. You don't fill your roster out with free agents, and really you're waiting on your on your prospects. I don't know. I know Eiserman's tactic is to fill the team with size. Like that's he that was his thing in Tampa Bay. That's just clearly been his thing here in Detroit. Um, outside of outside of Lucas Raymond, I think all of his first round draft picks have been six foot or over. And so it's just one of those things where he's adding size because size makes it tougher to play against you. But not every player with size is going to have like that physical element. And the Red Wings desperately need that guy who will. I don't need them to go out there and lay big hits. I don't need them to go out there, like you said, and get a ton of penalties and get in a ton of fights. I need this player to come in and stand up for their teammates and just be tough to play against. I mean, you look at, I mean, Moritz Sider, I think. Is I just don't want to get pushed around. Yeah, I don't Moritz. need to be the team that is doing the pushing around even. I just don't want to be pushed around. So I think Sider is a perfect example of a guy who's not like, I mean, obviously he, he has some pretty big hits last year, but it's kind of toned it down this year. But I think he's a perfect example of a guy who is tough to play against without being like an enforcer type. And they need more guys like that. You know, I mean, how, where would we be if we had three or four more outsiders, but that's asking a lot, but I'm just talking about from the, the, like you said, that aspect of not being pushed around guys who are tough to play against and don't take crap. There've been so many times this season where you'll see one of the Red Wings players get mugged and there's just like so little response. I mean, for just think back to the Ottawa series, how many runs did Jake Wallman take? And nobody stood up to Brady Kachuk and he was taught. He was John at the bench. So it's just, this team needs somebody who's not going to take crap. And so when you, when you break it down, Scotty, really what this team needs is a backup goalie, a pure goal scorer, <laughs> at least one more top four D man and a bruiser. That's a lot to ask. Seems feasible. <laughs> it, I mean, it really, it really, that is, it really helps going back to our big picture conversation last year or last year, yesterday. It really reemphasizes where this team was at and that we were a little bit high at the time. Like we were high on how the game, see, games were going. Oh my God, I'm struggling to get the words out right now. We were just high on how the games were going for the Detroit Red Wings at the time. And, I mean, the holes are very clear. And they were they were clear the entire season. We knew there were holes, but we were just we were just riding high. For sure. And and directly, you know, I, I know we want to talk about the, the Hawks game a little bit here at the end, but do we? Um I, I think that if you can get two of those things 
excluding the goalie because it doesn't really factor into it. I think your five on five play will substantially improve. Yeah. So like if you if you eliminate goalie, that's that leaves you with three things, right? If you can just knock out two of those three and not even bringing in like elite elite talent to fill those in, just get like legitimate solid uh, like NHL players and and pay a, a little bit of money to get them. I, I really think that you could see the five on five play improve a lot, and we already see this. We already saw the special teams improve a lot this year. If they take another step forward, another year under the system, kind of rejuvenate the five on five. I, I I still am very much of the belief of the the current timeline within this organization, but it is going to have to take some additions this off season. Like you're not going to be able to roll out the same product next year and expect different results. I agree. All right, Scotty, time to talk about the Chicago Blackhawks matchup taking place at Little Caesars Arena. I think. No, it is. Yep, it is. Okay. For some reason, I, whenever I say that, there's like that itch in the back of my head. Is like, are you wrong? Even though I check before I come on here, I'm just like, wait, what if I was wrong? Because they lost that overtime game against Chicago early in the season, Western Conference team. So this is the second of two matchups between the two teams. You know, we talked about early in the season that that was a game you have no excuse losing. It's even more so a game you have no excuse losing because of the fact, Scotty, the Nets are the, only are the eighth in the Central Division, but three of their top four point getters are gone. Max Domi, who we were just talking about, 49 points in 60 games played, gone. Traded to Dallas. Patrick Kane, 45 points in 54 games played, gone. Traded to the New York Rangers. Jonathan Taze, 28 points in 46 games played. That's their fourth most point getter, 28 points in 46 games played. Gone. Don't know if he's going to return. He has long COVID. So the leading point scorer on their team right now at a minus 21 on the season is Seth Jones, 31 points in 53 games played. There's absolutely no excuse to lose this hockey game. There isn't. You're absolutely right. I I mean, as far as analysis goes, I mean, they're one of the worst teams in Corsi 4, expected goal for percentage at 5 You're five. better than them in everything. They This There's... is a team that is deliberately trying to get Connor Bedard. You cannot. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't care how down and out you are after the trade deadline. I don't care that's a six-game losing streak. You're, this team... There's no excuse to lose this hockey They're game. And I don't, even post-trade deadline and post the the, the lumps that you have taken <clears throat> over the last week, you are still comfortably, objectively better than this hockey team and, and should 100% win this one. The only thing that this team has going for them right now is Alex Stalak and Nett. He's got a 921 save percentage in 16 games played. Which is big for them. Well, going into the season, goalie was a huge question mark. I mean, it's still team. a huge question mark. Peter Mrazek with an 891 save percentage. It, right. So, so I, mean, I, I mean, getting getting some decent goalie play by anyone was uh, is a is a plus for them currently. But yeah, no, this is you should win. I'll, I'll be taking the uh, the over <laughs> Hugh Suter zero point five goals scored revenge game. Right. This is not betting advice. I'm not an expert. Don't yell at me, okay? But I'll be taking Hugh Suter one time goal score. Let's take a look real quick at. See if I can't find it on here if they haven't posted yet. They do. So the over under is set at uh, six and a half. I'm hitting the over hardcore. I don't care how few goals the Red Wings have scored the last few games. I, oh, then again, actually, that does make it a case for the under. They don't have any goal scorers. Red Wings haven't been scoring goals. Maybe the under is the, the play here. 
Life's too short to take the under, baby. Smash the over. Let's ride. <laughs> That's that. It's getting plus odds, so they're not expecting the over. I'm taking the under in this one. I am. I'll take the over with plus money then. Yeah. All right. Cool. And the uh, money line: Chicago with plus odds, Detroit with minus odds, minus two twenty five, plus one eighty four. I would take Detroit on that one for sure. Um, I mean, if 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 I'm a betting man, I'd probably be taking the Blackhawks to be honest, because. Red, I'm, they just came man, off. I'm just not betting on this hockey game. True. If you're a betting man, you're not betting on this game. But if you're forced to bet in this game <laughs> because you probably... you're either betting on you're either betting on the Blackhawks to win so that you can get plus money, or you're not betting on them. Yeah. So I I would imagine that that's just not going to be a very bet on game. Yeah. And then uh, Pew Suter anytime goal scorer, book it. Although the Red Wings are plus one ten odds to finish the game minus one and a half. So they do expect the Red Wings to win, but not by more than two goals, not by more than one goal. Technically. I'll, I'll take the, the spread, the wings covering one and a half. I would, I would too. If if you had to bet this game, I'm still taking Pew Suter anytime goal score. Love it. I love it. All right, Scotty. Uh, any final thoughts? We ball. We'll be back tomorrow with a game recap. Hallelujah. Red Wings hockey is back after two days off. We'll see if I'm saying hallelujah in the game recap, though. Same time, same place. It's your team every day.